Hello people out there in podcast land, it's uh, Gordon coming back to you in digital artcast form. Uh, this month again, we are bringing some of the best talent from around the industry, um, talking about their past and careers, decisions they've made, and of course, uh, how they've ended up where they are. Um, this interview, of course, is coming thick and fast off the heels of Finian's episode, and again, um, dealing with uh, some major, major players in the concept world and visual development world, I managed to get a, a really solid guest today, someone whose work I have uh, drilled over for many, 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 many times uh, on ArtStation, um, and of course, wanted to get him on here to talk about his process and uh, and the things that he's done in his career that's helped him get to, uh, you know, to his accolades, to the things he's done. Um, so uh, if you guys are enjoying this, remember that you can reach out to me on YouTube, uh, we're on Spotify, uh, lots of podcast services around the world. Um, remember to leave a like and comment, it's always great, it helps out the channel, and check out our Discord below. Um, we have one in the, in the description, you can join, uh, we have a kind of about 100 artists or so that are on there that are usually talking, exchanging ideas and giving feedback. So if you want to be part of that, you can of course. Um, so on to today's guest, um, he is... Uh, concept artist and visual development artist um in animation film uh card art you know there's a lot of things this artist has done over his career that has spanned you know a great amount of work um so let's get him on to talk about uh his beginnings and uh what he's doing now uh please welcome along mr jose vega hey jose hey how things are going yeah good man good thank you for coming on and chatting with us i know um as always uh you're probably very busy with work and uh obviously dealing with the covid situation across there in the united states but um yeah it's good that you came on yeah thank you for having me man. appreciate it yeah of course of course man so yeah i mean we were talking earlier and i think we kind of touched on the fact that my first introduction to you was uh you work in castlevania which of course uh was incredible and you know that whole animated side of netflix now has come alive i think because of your show and because of the work that powerhouse done um which you obviously played a, a pivotal role in um so that's been a huge accomplishment congratulations on that um you've also recently placed third in a in the art station uh challenge um so that's obviously been a great accolade as well because the art station challenges are huge so again congratulations on that um but taking it back to um your humble beginnings uh you know hailing from puerto rico um what was your upbringing like uh in terms of art were you drawn from a very young age um uh, not really uh i think my first introduction to like art if you can call it was uh i had some really good friends in 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 high school and uh um i was i was actually not into anime and but they were, and they introduced me to it uh, when I was in senior year, and so um, they always like to like draw the like you know the characters from the anime like you know Dragon Ball Z and Rurouni Kenshin and all that, and uh, that was actually my first introduction to art. You know, they would show me like what color pencils to use for skin tones and all that stuff, and it was just like you know we look at a picture and draw it in the in the paper and you know yeah. that was that was pretty much it but you know i was always the sporty kid you know i was into basketball and skating and um you know i'll play video games and uh, but nothing like art related right so then was this a thing when you were leaving high school did you want to go and pursue that towards like education wise in college university or well um this is like a this is a very long story, so I'll, I'll keep it short. Um, no, no, it's like, we, we have an hour to fill. You can talk as much <laughs> as you want. <laughs> um, what happens is uh, these friends, it was like two of my friends and me, um, you know, we started drawing like anime characters and stuff. And, um, you know, when you're in senior year, you know, these colleges go to your high school and, you know, they, they sell you their school so you can go to college, their college and that sort of thing. Um well, we decided to go to the Art Institute in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and um, I had no idea what art is looking back. Like, I, I thought I knew, but I just, I was just doing something that I thought it was cool. Um, mm -hmm. I really didn't have, like, you know, I had no idea what anatomy was or, like, what a 2H pencil is or, or Photoshop or anything like that, you know? Um, 
And the thing that happened was um, a month before we were supposed to leave, they sort of like bailed out. Um, they decided not to go. And uh, like, I'm a very stubborn person. Um, and I was like, well, you guys are not going, I'm going. Um, so I, you know, I went there and um, I, uh, um, you know, I went there by myself and two months, like two years, like the first two years were really just a waste of time, really. Cause you know, I was in college, I was 17 when I graduated high school. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I was by myself. Um, you know, I was just doing college stuff and, um, yeah. um, a funny story is that I actually met Carla Ortiz at my Photoshop, um, class. Um, and, um, it's funny now that I look back and I see where she's at right now. And like, yeah. we were in the same Photoshop class and I'm like, and I look oh, back wow. at all the time that I wasted and all this. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell her that story every time we meet. Um, um, but yeah, the first two years were really just a waste of time. And then I got a class for, uh, I think it was character design with this uh, professor called Ratford. And uh, he, he was like, a anatomy genius like like i took his class and like people would ask him about poses and stuff and he would like draw the pose naming like every single muscle so we would understand what's happening and uh when i saw him i was like that was like the first time that i that i like that i like felt that like love for the art i was like man i, I really want to love this as much as this guy does you know like i want to know as much yeah, the as the passion was like coming across yeah yeah and like even though i was doing like super crappy i mean it was like super bad <laughs> drawings um i was like man i really would love to know as much as this guy um, right, yeah and that was like probably the first time that i actually like it was like a like a spark sort of like ignited the whole love for the art thing and and i mean i i I appreciated art because I, I would like um, collect art books from like video games and stuff. Like I had a huge library, um, but it was like one of those fans like, oh, I wish I could do this. So I collect it, but I don't practice enough to do it. I just like to see it, you know? So it's from uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, people that went to sing, but they only sing in the bathroom type of thing. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but um, you know, fast forward. You know, I graduated. Um, I got into into like three D a lot because it was you know three D is very technical for me. Like you know, you do this and this, and then you get this. Um, mm -hmm. And to me, that was like easy to understand. Um, and so, um, so I did the three D. Um, you know, I was doing like Maya stuff, and as soon as I graduated, I was you know blessed enough to get a job doing like three D architectural stuff um and uh i worked there i worked at an architectural company for like it was like four or five years um right out of college which was pretty good um mm -hmm. and uh the recession the the economical thing happening 08 and 09 right. um i got laid off um and then were um, you still in puerto rico at this time were you still there I was in Florida still. Okay, right. Yeah. So, so you didn't go back after graduation. You were in, still in Florida. Yeah, yeah. So like, I spent four years in college in Fort Lauderdale. Um, you know, I would go back to Puerto Rico for like a week in between mm -hmm. trimesters. Um, right. But since I got that job right after, right out of college, you know, I just I just stayed there. The company was there in Fort Lauderdale as well. So right. Um, it sort of worked out. Um, but then I got laid off and. Uh, because of that whole economic thing. Um, and I wasn't doing really like a lot of, even, even doing the threes, I wasn't doing like, you know, any to the artwork um, at that time. Right. Um, I was just working and, you know, doing other stuff. Um, and um, um, after that, you know, I went through a whole, you know, portfolio of like different jobs. Like I was working at restaurants, um, I actually almost became a police officer. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, if it wasn't like, um, if it wasn't for like a day X, like I had to move from Florida to California because I was like, um, I didn't have a, a job that would sustain my, my, my living. 
Um, okay. And um, I was trying to get into the police force, but because um, I was into, you know, martial arts and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, um, I went through the whole process. I did all my tests. I did all the physical tests and all that. And I was just waiting for that letter of acceptance to the academy. Um, and, you know, they pay you to be in the academy. It was going to be good money. And, you know, I was, I was, I was going to be good. Um, but it took so long that I couldn't, I couldn't wait anymore. So, um, mm. you know, we, we, we're going to move to California. And uh, the day before, you know, we had everything packed in the car because we were driving. And um, the day before, I checked the mail to, like, make sure that I get all the all my letters. And the letter was there for the academy. And, uh, you know, the night before I was leaving, and I was like, oh, man. So, you know, I had to throw it away and yeah. just forget about it. And we drove yeah. to California. Yeah. I mean, that's really interesting to think that, you spent so many years thinking about non-art-related jobs. I mean, it's always a weird thing when you find, you know, you interview a lot of people on this podcast and people speak about, like, you know, oh, I've been drawn since I was three. I always knew I wanted to work yeah. in film and animation. So for you, it was like, was it like a job you almost fell into by luck? or You mean the art stuff? Well, I mean, and generally, like, because you were leaving, you know, you're saying, like, at the point you graduated and the recession hit, you were thinking about being a cop. So, I mean, what was it then that swung you into an art job after that, what kind of stopped you just getting a normal kind of Joe job? So, um, so when I moved to California, um, you know, that was like, you know, everybody has some dark ages in their life. Um, that was like my time. And like, you know, I was living in my car for a while. Like, um, you know, I didn't have a job. I, um, I worked hospice for a little while. So that was very interesting um, mm. and a good, yeah, and a good, like, wake-up call. Yeah. Um, but I was staying with my uncle because I, I had nowhere to, to be at, and he was, you know, giving me a room uh, while mm-hmm. I, you know, stand up on my feet. And right. my uh, my mother called me one day uh, from Puerto Rico, and she told me that my grandmother, you know, her mother uh, passed away. And she was, like, very old, so it was sort of, like, mm. expected. And... um you know, she told me if I could, you know, fly down there to just be with the family for like a weekend and then come mm. back. And I went, yeah, right. sure. I mean, I, I got, I don't have a job, but I don't have anything. So, you know, might as well. Right. Um, so I pack a backpack for the weekend and uh, uh, during the weekend, they were like, um, you know, why don't, why don't you stay in Puerto Rico if you're not doing anything over there? I'm like, sure. Okay. So, um, so I decided to leave, you know, you know, stay in Puerto Rico. And um, I started doing a lot of jobs in the fitness industry because I was into fitness and so I was working out a lot and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember back in the days when, you know, when I used to watch all these concept art books and the games and all this stuff. And I was like, man, uh, you know, I think this is a good time to like start over since I'm starting over anyways. Right. Um so I just said, you know, I just decided to uh, start practicing and uh, I became like obsessed. Like, um, mm. you know, I was just like literally like up, like very obsessive. Like I was working, I remember I was working three jobs. I was working at a restaurant, at a gym and selling like, like, um, like, uh, like products for like gyms and stuff. Like I will go to different gyms and also like products and okay, yeah. and all this stuff. Um but, you know, I would do like, and I would always tell this, like I would, I would wake up, I would watch a, back in the day, I was watching Design Cinema, the Fenzu channel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I would watch an episode, I would do all my jobs, and then right before bed, I would do the same thing. Like I would watch another episode in practice. Right. And I did that for like, for a bunch of months. And, um, you know, I, I was just obsessive and, and just practicing and practicing and practicing. And in 2000. 12 December 2012 I got my first uh you know I signed my first freelance job which was like a small illustration but it was like mm-hmm. the first thing that I got paid for for like doing you know concept art or illustration yeah, yeah. um and then from there it just it just started growing so and just, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah I mean it's interesting that I don't know if you could even you know thinking back now it seems like such a long time ago but what was the catalyst that made you want to start being obsessed with um art again was it a, 
was it just a drive to try and do something better with your life or was it a thing where you just didn't want to you know maybe settle for where you were at the time or yeah I, I think it was I think it was a combination of things you know like you know I went through like you know literally living in my car homeless uh for a while and like you know I had I was very I was suicidal way back like when I was in California like Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was very bad. Like I wasn't, I wasn't the person like I am right now. Right. Like, yeah. Like I would literally like, it, it's funny. Like I would literally go, like, I'm not a person that like, I don't drink like alcohol right. and I don't go to bars or anything like that. Um, right. Like I would like in California, I would go to bars just to like find trouble. Um, you know, oh, wow. like, yeah, it was like, like, it's literally like not me. Um, yeah. and you know that and like, um, you know, I was starting over, like I had, you know, I was doing the whole fitness thing, but it, it was just, wasn't feeling my, 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 uh, like it didn't feel like it was feeling my full purpose, you know? Um, and also I think it's my nature of being like super stubborn and like obsessive, um, right. that I just, I just really wanted to do it. And like, even though I went through all that, like all the pieces were, all the ingredients were there to just, you know, really, really start doing that. Right. Um, and, um, you know, the whole thing about, I mean, it might sound cliche, but the whole thing about, you know, being super old and having no regrets and thinking back, oh, I wish I got yeah. done that and all that. And yeah. um, I just didn't want to live my life like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, kudos to you. I mean, for getting to that point in your life and it being so low and then obviously taking the complete opposite direction and then trying to better yourself. I mean, there is, of course, so many people who, you know, not just move out to California, but try and make themselves, you know, in America. And of course, it's uh, it's it's either a hit or miss. And, and you know, it sounded for a lot of years, you know, you were kind of lost and not finding your way. But then, of course, you found yeah. it. But um, it takes a lot of inner strength to not only admit, that you had those dark times but to talk openly about them so thank you for that um but yeah it's, it's it's something i think people don't talk about in this industry a lot is the fact that it's really fucking hard to make like a living in this industry like you know people will say for you know for guys who work at blizzard or riot games or you know powerhouse animation you know like oh you've made it but then they don't see the you know, like you said, the years you were living in your car or like you were in Puerto Rico working in fitness. And, you know, so I think this is why I love these podcasts is because you can delve deep into the the backgrounds of people. And sometimes people will open up and be like, hey, you know, it isn't, it isn't easy. I mean, we just had Jan Urschel on who, of course, has worked on, you know, Ghost in the Shell and, mm -hmm. you know, but you know star wars or ilm and all this different different movie franchises but he at one point was like you know i really hate concept art and like i'm not actually you know outside of my job i don't really like drawing and stuff and i was like holy shit like you know like <laughs> it, it's, it's actually refreshing to hear people you know be so honest because you yeah. get so many people like i say on the podcast who are like oh yeah i've been drawn since i was three and i've always wanted to draw and i draw draw 20 hours a day and it's it's uh we talked about that with Jan, how there must be so many people in this industry who just like go to their work, do their job and come home and don't have, you know, they don't enter contests. They don't have huge art station profiles. Yeah. Some of them don't even have, have art stations. So it's, it's different. Right. And have you found that that side of the industry has been more open to you because you were like that? Do you find that like a lot of the people that you work with are a bit more quieter or low key or? Not really. I, th I think, you know, th th that's funny how you say that. Cause like, I think it was like uh, maybe three years ago. I was at a CTN and uh, um, um, I met with a with a, a buddy of mine. He's Puerto Rican too, but he works well. He actually uh, quit the job uh, like a month ago or something. Uh, he works at Blizzard and he gave me a, a tour through it and all that. But like he introduced me to like a few people there, and these people are like in the top of the industry working at Blizzard and I had no idea who they were because they don't have like any social, you right. know, anything yeah. at all. And he said, but they were like at the top of the game and like, you know, Dirt Network was just in quiet. It wasn't like most people now in, in social media where, you know, you know who knows who and, and all this. So, yeah. um, so I, I think I think either way works. It just depends, you know, who you are, 
and you know yeah. how you want how you want to tackle this whole bar thing if yeah i think there's definitely two sides of the industry where like one side is the people who are constantly online or you know mm-hmm. posting tutorials videos but then of course there's the side of people who like just want to get their work done and then go home and then yeah. you know not think about the next day because i was the same when i went to blizzard you know i was meeting a couple of different people and like i knew most people but then there was people like you know my friend at the time david long was was pointing out he was like oh yeah and this is such and such and i was like okay and i was like i have no idea who this person is <laughs> like you know it's but then they're talking to me like i should know and i'm like oh i'm not really sure but it's like the industry you, you think is small initially but then once you dive into different studios you're like oh there's so many people i don't know or you know and occasionally like you know you'll meet people that um have maybe worked at the same studio or have done things for similar projects but then it's very rare that you meet people where it's like i have no idea who this person is but it, but then when it happens you're kind of like oh that's really really weird so that was that the case when you went to like i mean like powerhouse was the end goal right that's where you are now and that's where you're doing like some of your best work but um is the team there people that like you were like oh i know who this is or you know i've, I've seen this per- or was it, a, was it more people who were doing good work but weren't as public um so it's 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 a little bit of both because like when i got there um i actually if i think back i don't think i knew any of the artists that was working there but i realized that there's like this whole community that i had no idea existed of animation on twitter and yeah and like a lot of a lot of the people that work in powerhouse um they're they're very well known in that community um so it's like you just you just don't know how many communities are around because there's so many and like and like you just you just don't know you know and when when i started working there you know i was i was i was exposed to it and i i actually wasn't a guy that was on twitter back then um, right and i get into twitter a little bit here now and then but um when i go there it's like you know um you know i see them that they're very well known in that in that community right. Yeah. Um, but if you go to our station, you don't, you don't see them. So it's like, it's different. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause our station I think is more for the static guys. So like mm-hmm. people who are taking images of 2d stuff or the 3d environment artists or character artists who are taking renders of their stuff and then posting it. Right. Whereas the animation, cause it's a motion thing. Twitter is probably a good source for that. And, um, right. you know, probably even linked to Vimeo, you know, it was the same when I managed to intern access in Glasgow, like, the guys access you know a lot of those guys who were in animation you know they had vimeo reels and stuff like that but they went on art stations so you know you were getting shown a lot of these guys work and then you were like oh okay this is really interesting but then of course you had to really search for them later on because they didn't have as much of a public appearance you know there was guys like bram sells working there who were of course like magic the gathering artists and art directors and then paul canavan was there but the, you know but then there was people obviously you were meeting who are also superstars who i didn't know about who were in like you know there was a there was a character model of there i can't remember her name for the life of me i'm really sorry for the person if you know who i'm talking about but you know i was looking at her desk at one point i was like oh she had the zbrush masters like the book the printed out book mm. and i was like oh the book the really a lot of good artists she was like yeah they sent me a free copy because i'm in the book and i was like <laughs> oh shit um i really should probably know your name sorry <laughs> <laughs> um yeah she's a she's an artist now for zbrush doing character stuff full time natalia natalia something mm. um she's russian she she worked at access as an environment artist and now she's a character artist but she was at the zebra summit last year uh 2019 she done a talk um but yeah so so like that happened to me as well where like you know people who are like super established and have these amazing portfolios and i'm like i'm sorry i have no idea who you yeah, are and yeah. that's like when you go to events as well because i remember going to like not just lightbox but a lot of events where like you're talking to somebody for like half an hour then you're like oh where do you work and they're like oh i'm an environment artist at blizzard and you're like what the fuck like you know you have no idea who these people are but you talk to them just like they're generally and that's again that's how i managed to meet uh rafael grazetti for the first time at thu we just sparked up a conversation i just said to him oh you know i really love your work it's really great you're here and then we just go chatting and then of course we're friends now but like it's just a thing where you know a lot of these conversations happening you have no idea who these powerhouse people are but i think that's also a testament to the way the industry works and the fact that people are very humble right you know they could be yeah. some of the best people in the industry but then they will always make time to speak to you or, or help you out with stuff or get feedback so i'm kind of glad in that respect that the industry is like that but then what was it that drew you to 
powerhouse at the time? Was it specifically the project? Because I'm I wouldn't even know then back then when you were brought in, would they have told you what they were working on? Um, not really. Um, I actually the the funny thing about that was um, uh, that was you know so like when I first started doing like when I was f- almost full time freelance back in when I was in Puerto Rico. Um, you know, I would apply every year, like every probably every three to six months, I will do like a like a batch of apply, you know, applications through like all these companies and, and stuff. And um, mm. and uh, uh, one of those years, um, I went to CTN um, as part of my because I, w- I will always try to go to at least one, you know, convention a year to just network and do stuff. And uh, that was part of like my plan. Um mm. And that year I was in CTN and I was just going through the boots, you know, um, doing portfolio, you know, getting portfolio reviews and all this stuff. And I went through their booth um, and I remember Sam was there, which is the art director there. And and I showed him my portfolio and he's like, oh, yeah, I think you applied to to our uh, to our company. And uh, we're, we're actually thinking of, uh, you know, sending you an email to see, you know, where you were at and all this stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, cool. But I had no idea who they were or like what they were working on. Right. Which is totally irresponsible. But I mean, you know, I will apply to like 50 applications and it's like, yeah, you know, of course. I know. Um, but anyways, a few months later, um, he sends me an email and uh, they didn't say the project. But that first time uh, it didn't work out because, you know, the... Um, the financial part of it, um, it just it right. just wasn't working for me, um, right. and so I had to I had to um, decline it. And then I think it was like eight months later, they reached back and they say, "Oh, you know, we're working. You know, we, we're looking for people for Castlevania. Um, you know, it's gonna be in Austin because they do have a, a California office." Um, right. And and I'm like. Um, yeah, I mean that that sounds great, but you know, last time, you know, we didn't have, we didn't, you know, we didn't agree on on these terms and all that, and right. so uh, we negotiated and and it sort of worked out. And um, um, I did a trip, um, and this is this is another crazy story that actually my my boss likes to hear because like um, they offered me the job, and I was like, it's in Austin, and to me, like Austin was just like this Western, you know you know you know horseback uh people horses just right okay yeah deep, deep texas deep south yeah yeah i had no idea what texas austin looked like so uh me and my wife took a you know a plane for like a short quick weekend just to see what austin was and right um they give us a they give us a tour to the suit and I just loved it. Um, you know, whether it was like around September, it was weather was great. It was just like amazing. We had some great food. Um, and um, um, we got back to Puerto Rico and I accepted the job. They gave me the offer and uh, and we did it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. And then again, like, you know, it sounds always crazy when people ask these things and it seems like the most cliche questions, but you're always like, oh, you know, did you know Castlevania was good? Because I mean, that series did explode on Netflix. Like, you know, the first season especially, like, you know, I think yeah. people were just taken aback with, like, how well done it was, like, how well it was animated, the story, the, you know, because Castlevania obviously has a very long legacy in the video game. So, you know, translating that to a TV series is obviously going to be difficult because you're, you know, like, which vertical slice do you take? Where are you going to start from? Who's going to be in it? You know, is it going to be a la carte? Is it going to be somebody else? So, when you were first initiating that kind of whole visual development aspect of it, was there a very clear outset from the beginning about what you would be working on in the story? Was that all kind of built when you walked in? Well, the majority of the stuff was already set in because uh, when I got in, um, I got in through uh, halfway of pre-production for season two. So season one was already done and, Mm -hmm. you know, the style was sort of already, you know, established. Um, but when I got there, you know, one of my main things, and I told them this from the beginning was to like, take out, taking a look at the actual pipeline that they do and see how we can improve it. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, one of the ways that we did that was, you know, incorporating the whole 3d aspect of it. Um, right. and that was like a major, 
a thing because now you know in every production that we do at the studio we we use 3d for the series at least um and so um you know even though everything or the core of it was sort of like established you know it, it's mm-hmm. like an evolution thing through each yeah. season um and i think you can see that visually um a little bit yeah it was really interesting i think even though when season two ended and i was looking at a lot of the behind the scenes footage um i was actually really surprised to see what was actually 3d and what wasn't um because even one of the scenes that takes place in the the belmont you know the library the whole mm-hmm. thing that's below ground i was really surprised a lot of that was 3d i was like looking at a lot of those angles thinking oh, that's really well done background painting but of course there's there's painting on top of it but right, right. you know the fact that like so much of the architecture underneath it was initially built in 3d geometry was yeah. the thing that surprised me i mean was was the goal specifically just that you wanted to speed up that process yeah so like um yeah ma- mainly is to that to do that uh because since we do a lot of outsourcing for like animation and like backgrounds mm-hmm. and all this stuff you right. know uh the more information we can provide the better results we get um but also the more content we can create uh mm-hmm. within the same time limit that we have um right. so I'll, I'll give you an example when i first started we would do like you know maybe two uh maybe three uh final backgrounds per location right you know one two three uh yeah. right now we can do eight ten twelve um within the same time period um for each right. location um yeah. but not only that we can also provide a fully you know 3d model we can provide mm-hmm. a texture model because we texture them we light them and all that um right. so you know the goal is to do to be able to do more within the same amount of time and, and have a more consistent quality because uh, right. that's that's a huge thing the whole consistency thing well i mean especially knowing what i know about animation and the fact that these have to be pushed out relatively quickly because mm-hmm. i know obviously the first season they probably had a little bit more time because nobody really knew what was you know happening and right. you know knew that it was coming out but of course i think from season one to two there was a significant jump in when it had to come out or when it had to be pushed out so of course you know that sped up process will help because animation in general if we even look at the japanese animation that comes out in that side of it you know like those guys are working like you know i can i can honestly feel so bad when you know you look look at a lot of those interviews of those guys who are like yeah i haven't slept in three weeks (laughs) like you know my hand is like damaged because i'm drawn so much like i was actually watching a i'm trying to remember what the, the video was it was a it was a manga artist who was working on a like her series and she had a staff of like 10 people who were obviously doing other pages there was points she was drawing she was like she was sleeping at her desk like her head like she was sleeping but she was still drawing because she was so <laughs> tired and Jeez. and that was and that was just to get the next issue out because obviously they have to come out every week and i was like i, I can't understand how you know, people over in Japan have that kind of work ethic and still manage to lead some kind of life. But um, of course, with animation in, in the West, like the way we do it yeah. now, um, that's still, you know, compared to most other production schedules, very rushed because, you know, you guys are obviously, you know, you're trying to turn these episodes out as quickly as you can while maintaining the same level of polish. Um, but then, of course, um, sometimes I feel like there has to be a sacrifice somewhere. And then do you feel like, I suppose you would probably say no, but do you feel like you lost something transitioning more things to 3D? Do you feel like there was something lost that, um, you know, the first season maybe had that, you know, you couldn't maintain with with uh, the production times? What, what do you mean? I mean, I guess, I mean, like, you know, probably because, probably because the new season had so much integration with 3D, mm-hmm. do you feel like it maybe would have looked better or felt more grounded because you drew everything in the first or not drew everything but you know there was more to the elements there was more probably handcrafting in that do you feel like the, the 3d process has changed it too much or not enough or um probably a bit depends on 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 what we're doing um you know it's it's like i, I think i can compare it with like traditional painting and digital painting like when you look at a really nice traditional painting or like even when you take people like, for example, Carla Ortiz, uh, mm-hmm. where she has like a, a solid traditional background, um, right. 
you know, for painting, but she does mm-hmm. digital painting. You can, I always say that, like, you can always, you know, there's something about people that even though they do digital painting, but have that traditional background, there's something in their paintings that people that started in digital painting like me don't have. And like, right. it's something that I kind of put my finger on it, but it is that, that's, I don't know if it's the craftsman of it or like, mm-hmm. you know, there's that, that special essence of it um, in their works that, that you cannot just replicate it. Um, right. And, you know, the same way is just with animation, you know, when you have like something to the animated, um, you know, you will always have that feel. Um, right. But our 3D work is, is mostly for like environment stuff. So like, you know, sometimes we, we get a model and we give it to the post guys so they can do this 3D camera animations while the 2D character is like, you know, moving with it. Um, so, but, but I, I think as long as the like general aesthetic and quality stays up to par um you know it should be it should be fine yeah i mean in general like i mean i'm no bashing the second season like i feel like it was you know leaps and bounds above what you guys were doing in the first one i feel like there was a a step up in terms of like i think even like the combat you know the sequences where you know alucard was training with the the guys from japan like you know a lot of that stuff was like really really well well done uh, well done animation wise and fight choreography because you even see a lot of those times when you know, you get to see the behind scenes of the fights that are in, you know, the, the sketch trials or the sketch tests or pencil tests, sorry, where, um, you know, they're, they're, they're just penciling out the, the whole motion that, that they're taking when they're fighting. And some of that stuff just looks, you know, so incredibly well done. Um, but then, of course, you've got, you know, I imagine some of the best animators there also that are working on that. Um, so, I mean, like, would you say that with your production and, and the things you're doing in Powerhouse, are you more kind of 50-50 with 2D and 3D or do you feel like it's more 3D? Because I know recently, obviously, you've done a lot of work in Blender recently, you know, yeah. building kit bash kits and stuff like that. Is that something that came from your work or is it something that you've always been kind of pushing in the background on your own personal work? Um, yeah, I started, well, I, I was using Maya at work uh, when I first started. Um, I only transitioned to Blender last year around November, I think. Um, um, but I think like, you know, the, the way I always explain how the work is like 3D is not the 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 final end or, or thing. 3D should be just a support. Like even when we hire like 3D artists, it sh- it, you know, that's a support um, type of thing. But like, you know, if, if you see season one, season two, season three, like it gets 10 times crazy, more crazy as seasons pass by. And right. so like, you know, we have to take an account, okay, if you want to do this or this, this thing in this season, you know, we only have this amount of time. So we have to figure out how we can do it in that amount of time. Cause if not, we'll have to do something else. So right. if you want to get it done, uh, you know, we can only get done if we do this 3d amount of work, um, right. to be able to get it done. And then we can, you know, try to match, uh, or make it look more to the ish, um, right. and that sort of thing. So, you know, there's like, I think there's like a lot of factors that contribute to the, you know, you know, budget wise, how many animators we can animate or hire extra to do this animation. You know, if we have time to do all this 3d work, if we had time to do all this backgrounds and all this. So I think it's a, I think it's a combination of a lot of things that will help make that decision. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's at this point such a huge production schedule because obviously yeah. now you're you're doing multiple shows. You're not just doing Castlevania. So I mean, like, there's there's so much work to be done in that. But then, how are you finding that with your personal work? Because obviously, you're still doing a lot of personal work. Like, you know, you have your YouTube channel, of course. And I mean, that your studio tour was really awesome. I really loved that video the other day. Um, props on the the Goku uh, graphics card cover, by the way. That was oh. That was a- <laughs> A real nice touch. I was like, "Oh, that's really cool." So, um, I love that thing. Yeah, man. It's all good. Um, so, like, how are you finding? You know, because you're obviously now engrossed in these files, you know, and these 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 series. Do you feel like your personal work uh, still gets enough time outside of your work? Yeah, and and I think at least to me is like I like I have to do that um, because like. Uh, I, you know, I always say like the time that matters the worst is from the the most is from you know seven p.m. to twelve p.m. 
you know right. um everything i do from nine to five you know it's sort of is most of the time um sort of like um like automatic like i just do it automatic right. because it's, it's what i do um yeah. it's, it's very hard for me to like um fully co- and controllably like grow as i'm working in the studio uh, because right. I, I gotta get stuff done you know i cannot i cannot spend five hours trying to learn a new software you know type of thing because it's you know it's five hours that i quote unquote yeah. Um, yeah. so i have to do this personal because in the personal work is where i actually grow as an artist and then that growth gets or you know it's reflected in my studio work afterwards um, so I have to, I have to, I have to do all that. Plus, I mean, there's a bunch of reasons, you know, other sources of income, you know, more, um, you know, just getting better as an artist, just in general, just because I just want to be better. Um, so all that takes place outside of work. And then that gets reflected into my studio work. Yeah. I mean, like definitely it's got to be a struggle because of course, you know, you're wanting to do things and have a life outside of your work you know you've got a wife your partner you've got things to do you want to go places and things so i mean it's it's obviously difficult now or different because you know covid has us all inside all the time so you can't really get out as much as you want to um but then of course you know i think youtube is a good outlet for that because i know myself you know like we were talking about i've done you know 20 interviews since january you know and i was condensing five or six into a month because you were stuck indoors all the time um but then I think also you draw a lot of inspiration from outside as well. So how are you dealing with being stuck in? Because you, you're working from home now, right? I'm assuming. Are you guys working remotely? Yeah, we're, we're working normally, probably more than before. But uh, yeah, we're working right. from home. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I mean, I was watching a, a recent uh, no clip documentary where they were, they were interviewing the super giant guys who done the Hades game, um, and they were saying that the difficulty they were finding is that you know when you were in the office doing stuff and you came home, there was that separation. But now you know you're having meetings at your desk all day and you're doing things at your desk, and then if you're still doing things at your desk at night, like you're never leaving really that place. Is that affected you mentally or? No, I think. I mean. I, I think it's for sure like different with everybody, but to me personally, it's not really, it it hasn't, it hasn't been difficult. And I don't think it's difficult to, um, um, to be able to do that. Um, because I think, um, and again, this is for people that like going back to what you were saying before, for people that want to grow as an artist, for example, like I'm super happy and like, fine with like people that just you know they do their nine to five job in the art industry and then the rest of the day they just do you know whatever they want yeah they just go home yeah yeah yeah, they just go home to their families or you know watch football or you know whatever they want to do um as long as they're happy with it but if if you're a person that really wants to like grow you know that time after work is super essential so like that becomes a priority and usually priorities are easy to like find like if you're hungry you're gonna find food and you're gonna eat that's a priority but um you know in 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 that sense for me it's easy so and i also come from like freelance like i did uh five years of freelancing before the studio job right and i was in puerto rico where there's like no industry in this so like i was right you know practically at my home all the time so um to me, it hasn't been um, hard or anything. Um, definitely hasn't been hard for my wife because she's more, you know, she needs more of the social aspect of it. Um, right. So we try to uh, accommodate for that. Get out as much as you can, yeah, and try and keep a bit of normality in your life as opposed yeah, to yeah. Oh, yeah, your life sure. as normal right now. So it's hard. But um, yeah, I mean, like, even on that, like, do you feel like that's something you would want to say to people who are trying to aim or aspire to the level you're at the now? Do you feel like the the time you have outside of your work, like your personal work is what's helping you the most? Oh, for sure. Like, like I always say, like, you know, I'm almost, I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with, uh, with this stuff, you know, right now. So like, you know, I always want to get better. I'm always trying to find new ways. And I, okay. I think for people that want to grow, like that should be, you know, that's it's okay to be like that. If you're a person that that is fine with where you are, that's totally fine, and I'm super, you know, I'm happy for you. But um, if you're either complaining or like or saying, oh, you know, I cannot get better, or that, but you, then you spend like, you know, you're binging a whole season on Netflix, uh, you mm-hmm. know, over a weekend, then yeah. 
I mean, you don't have any excuses, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you put in the effort, man. You got to put in that effort. Yeah, I mean, like, it's interesting, though, as well, because, like you said, you've had, you know, you've had so many amazing... I mean, we've not even, you know, dabbled or talked about the fact that, like, you know, you've worked for Magic the Gathering and Wizards of the Coast and, you know, other things of that. You know, like, you're more full illustration work because of course like you said you know the stuff you're doing in powerhouse you know you're trying to integrate that um that flow of 2d and 3d but then Mm -hmm. of course you have a career that's also based completely in 2d where you have uh you know illustration jobs like you say for magic and you know you've done stuff for fantasy flight and you know um the crypto six stuff and that you know there's so much stuff you've done that's that's outside of that is is it hard do you find keeping both of those like I suppose 2D will be your first love, right? So do you feel it's hard to keep both of those as sharp or do you feel like, you know, now integrating 3D, do you feel like you're losing a bit your 2D or is that, are you still pushing that as much or? Uh, see, cause the thing is, I don't see it that way. I see it more. They're all the same to me because to me, what's important is the final product. Um, right. So like, and, and I think I got to terms with that because like because of that job that I got right after school, I actually hated 3D uh, for like the longest time. And a few years ago, I took a class with uh, Ken Ferglaw. I don't know if that's how you oh, say cool. his last name. Yeah, but, yeah, Ken. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm an artist. Yeah, yeah. And um, like taking his class, I I realized that 3D, it, it's, it's just a tool, you know? So like, if I want to build a house, I want to have as many tools as possible to build the house. It's not about the tools. It's about getting the house done the best way possible. And, um, you know, if I do an interior shot of a house on 3D to paint over it, it doesn't mean that I cannot draw it. Um, cool. It's just, it's just, just going to take me 10 times longer. And right. I mean, yeah, I can be super proud after showing this beautiful drawing in perspective that I took me, you know, a whole week to do, but it took me a whole week. And yeah. if I can do it in three hours in 3D, I'm going to do it in three hours. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Makes sense. yeah, so I, I think also it's like, I think part of it is like the whole um, pride of, of the craftsmanship of doing something in 3D. The yeah. Out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. That's the way you mm-hmm. want to go. But to me, it's like, yeah. I want to get as much work done as fast as possible. Yeah. And no matter how that is without, you know, plagiarizing, of course, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I always say cheating is good. So I'm going to cheat. Um, yeah. You know? Yeah. No, there was a, there was a, I remember there was a Facebook post and it was something like, uh, it was like, oh yeah, you can't use like a, uh, you can't use 3D in art cheats because that's not the purest way. And then like there's a face <laughs> underneath it where it's like, oh, art cheats go burr. <laughs> like, <laughs> like people are just like, nah, fuck it, man. Like whatever works. Like, I mean, it's the same in like 3D. I mean, there's there's you know, there's there's certain things now in Maya, like you click a button and it UVs for you automatically. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. But there's other things like, you know, the hard mesh stuff where you can plug in and you know, you can bully and stuff without having to re-apologize it. Like, and then you'll get the 3D purists who are like, oh, you know, uh, when I had to do 3D back in the day, I had to UV everything by hand. But then it's like, it's the same complaint, right? You kind of, you know, if the tool comes along that makes that production really quicker, you can't complain when yeah. the tool comes because you want something that, that does obviously speed up that process. Um, but then I think it's also the, the thing that we've said in this podcast forever is that as long as your foundations are solid, you know, mm-hmm. once you once you've got that foundation, whatever you need to use beyond that is up to you. You know, if you need to use Blender, if you need to use Maya, ZBrush, whatever, you know, it, it, it shouldn't be a thing where you feel bad or you feel like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm no, I'm no, I'm not doing it properly or, you know, photo bashing's evil. I can't use photo, but you know, like, fuck it, whatever, whatever works and is ever going to get you the best result the quickest, then that's what you want to be using, you know, from the get go. So, yeah, I think the the art purists, you know, I mean, like Jan said it as well. He's like, if you want to go down that road, like you'd be as well just being a fine artist, you know, and just right. painting, you know, like, I mean, which again, like you said, there's nothing wrong with that. But like, if you want to come work in an entertainment industry, like animation or like, you know, games or whatever, um, speed is always essential because oh, you know, yeah. you're, you're always against the clock for deadlines. So you need to make sure that like your pipeline, like you said, you were changing that because you want to make sure that, 
you know, you guys aren't like, you know, coming to like the last week and you've still got a ton of work to do. You want to make sure that like these efficiencies are making sure that like, you know, you're not having to sweat the little stuff, you know, you can focus on the story and, you know, the, the pureness of the show and, and, you know, the other stuff's taken care of, you know, with the, with the pipeline being so efficient. So yeah. I yeah, think no, it's- uh, also like the other part of that is like, um, I was listening to a, an interview a few months back and somebody said that, you know, because it's whole unity thing and, you know, how is, how is, and Blender and how, how all this technical stuff is like growing so fast. Like mm. the person said that is putting everyone in the same playing field. And, and I was like, well, I mean, technically in the terms of the technical stuff, yes, but mm. like there's so much stuff that happens in the background like you know design sense color theory you know understanding values and all this oh, and of course, all yeah. that stuff you cannot sh- i mean you cannot cheat if you don't know it there's not a program that is going to do it for you so oh, yeah. you know if you don't have that um it doesn't matter the if you have the best programs and the latest technology your work is still going to be mediocre or bad or not enough you know good yeah. enough you know I mean, even when it comes to 3D, I mean, you could probably fake enough DAS models and some, mm-hmm. you know, assets from Mega Scans that you can make something and throw it together. But then, even then, like, there's a whole science behind the render. So, like, yeah. if you don't know that, then of course your renders are not going to look. They're going to look 3D. They're not going to look like they're 3D paintings. They're going to look like they're 3D models trying to look like 2D paintings. So, if you don't know how to bridge that gap technically, then you're not going to make something that looks good. You know, like even you know, I mean, people would look maybe some of your Blender stuff and be like, you know, you're using this with Blender or whatever, but then there's an essence of your 2D knowledge that then translates that into, you know, even your, even something as simple as composition, like maybe putting your guys on the left or right of screen, making sure they're within thirds or they're using the golden right. ratio, like all that stuff will then eat into making a good image, whereas like people would be like, oh, you know, I can throw a model into DAS and da-da-da and hit render and then I've got an image. It doesn't work. We all know it doesn't work like that. You know, you think that I think that, like you said, that's what's true is that people think these 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 technologies are are killing the artist within us. Like they're 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 taking away the purest form. But then, like you said, because they're just a tool, you're still making a two D image, but you're just enhancing the speed and technicality of which you mm-hmm. make it. You're actually, mm-hmm. you're not not making two D art. You're just you know, being efficient at making 2D art. So it's, yeah, it's it's a, it's probably one of the longest standing things. And every time I go to speak to students, it's the same thing over and over again. Oh, should I use 3D? Should I not use 3D? Should I use ZBrush? It's, uh, it's always going to be the same. Like, I mean, Blender is obviously popular now, but there might come a time where Blender will move away and something else comes in. Or, you know, Maya may, may, might make a comeback. I don't know. Right, right. But then if they did, then yeah, sure. Like, as long as you have that under underlying 3d knowledge like you're always going to be able to use the tool so it's the same with drawing like you know photoshop has so many brushes and photo packs and whatever else but if you can draw and render to an extent with your hand then it doesn't matter if it's photoshop or you know paint or sigh or you know uh, affinity paint or whatever it is you know those skills will carry along to all the and even a sketchbook you know like because i think even one of the basic forms i've always said is that if you're a 3D artist or 2D artist or character or whatever, being able to sketch something on a sketchbook really quickly is a skill I think everybody needs to have. Mm-hmm. It's always a good idea to be able to convey an image. You know, because sometimes you'll be thinking about something and you're like, oh, I can't actually explain what I'm trying to explain. Like, right, like right. okay, l- let me have a pencil and a bit of paper. And if you can sketch, you know, like a scene out really quickly and be like, oh yeah, and put that here. And then people are like, oh, right, I get where you're coming from. That kind of communication stuff is essential and that's a basic drawn tool that's no 3d it's no does it's a pen and a bit of pencil i mean so it's it's that's concept part right there yeah pretty much you know so <laughs> it's literally what concept part is <laughs> so now that you've you've kind of moved on to doing i mean you're pretty regular on youtube right like you're you're almost putting out an episode like every other week um is there an end goal with what you're doing just now is is, is i mean is it just going to be contained to youtube or are you looking to launch like more in depth lessons or some kind of school at the back of that or yeah um i am um so the reason why i started at youtube first like the original mission why i did it um it was because um it was back in puerto rico and i was teaching at a at a, at a college i was teaching concept art and stuff and i was like i will always get the same questions all the time 
And like, I got, I literally got tired of it. And I was like, I'm going to make a YouTube. I'm going to make these videos. And then when everybody asks me, I'm going to be, okay, go watch chapter two or episode 20 or episode 34. And like, you'll get your answers. Happening. So it was like the original idea, but like now, now I just want to like, literally just, just share, you know, whatever I know, um, yeah. you know, to whoever needs it, you know? Um, yeah. and of course there's a lot of, um, you know, reasons behind it as well like you know uh, i'll put my my kids in there and mm-hmm. you know do more extensive you know tutorials for stuff that i learn along the way because i'm you know i'm still learning so you know yeah. i'll want to share that as well um yeah. so it's, the, it's cross, a- the cross promotion is basically what you're trying to address is is you know bringing people to other parts like your kit bash stuff and things that will also help them because the kit bash stuff you do is also you know just a, a kit you could take and you know, make your own scenes with or make your own paintings. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that, so even with Blender is, because I mean, I know initially like some of your early, um, your earlier, what am I trying to say? Your earlier tutorials were more focused on Maya. So are you fully integrated into Blender now? Are you fully using that for your concept? Yeah, everything that I that I do now is in Blender. So I do like, like for the kids stuff, I use uh, 3D code for like the sculpts. Um, right. just to make more, um, detailed models. Um, right. and now I've been doing, um, more texturing on Quixel. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I do my sculpts in 3d code. I bring them to Blender, decimate them, texture them right. in Quixel and then bring them back and, uh, make them that way. So have you been using the, the Blender sculpt tools at all? Cause I have heard, I think in even the latest release, they're quite advanced now. Yeah, I think um, I haven't tried the latest one, but when I first tried it last, I think it was like year early this year. Like, I don't know if it was a computer that I was working on. It was just like super laggy, right. um, and it, uh, it was just driving me insane. Um, and I was probably doing it wrong because I'm, you know, I'm still fairly new to Blender. But um, right. you know, I picked up 3D Code and I, 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 I learned it fairly quick. Um, right. You know, I was able to do stuff fairly quick. Okay. So I just stuck with it. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Now you're full time in it. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, even the other day, I think the, the 2.9 release came out. Uh, the guy from Blender was like doing the update and it got to a point he was saying so many updates. You had to like take a breath and like drink some water. <laughs> oh yeah. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> so much that changed. I was like, Jesus Christ. Cause uh, I know there was an article the other day where um, Pixar were, were releasing a thing where I think it had it now has render man integration mm-hmm. so it's almost like they were saying like it's getting to the point where it's on the production level of like maya and mm. other animation tools you know it's getting to that level where like you could start to seriously use it within studios which actually blows my mind because if you think about it you know maya will charge so much for licenses videos yeah. and if blender now presents an option where that is free like it's going to be very hard to, for people. I mean, obviously you've got to think about integrating it into your pipeline, but then again, if it's free, that's a whole budget. That's like another artist you could hire by not paying my licenses. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's crazy. Like, I mean, I will, I, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of saying today, like today, and I will say that every day, today is the best day that you can be an artist. Like, like it's, it's just getting better. And like, there's, there hasn't been a better time to be an artist because everything is so accessible, even, and this is another reason why the whole YouTube thing, like even the education part of it, um, it is so accessible. Like, you know, people are always like saying to me like, Oh yeah, should I go and invest in the CGMA or like the Bobby two stuff? And I'm like, that's awesome. But like, you know, you can sit on YouTube for like a couple hours and like, yeah, People will yeah. teach you for free. I mean, you have you have like fifty odd videos. I mean, I have I have sixty interviews of people at the top of their game. So like, yeah. you know, you could sit and listen to yourself and me talk or other people, me and Jan, and you know, you're getting absolutely inside information. And everybody's, you know, there's Art Station just launched a podcast. Jan's mm-hmm. now doing a podcast. Like, there's so many people doing so many things for free. So I mean, like, yeah. like you say, and even the fact, I mean, years ago when people were like. Oh, did you hear Unreal Engine's free? <laughs> like, do you remember when people had to pay for it? When people had yeah, to pay yeah. to use Unreal Engine outside the studios, and now it's free. Quicksoul's now integrated into it, so you can now use Mega Scans. Like, I, you know, like you're almost flabbergasted when people are like, "Oh, I don't know where to start, or I don't know what things to pick up." Like, I think the problem now is it's like the Netflix thing, right? 
there's too much choice. There's so much stuff everywhere. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, that's definitely one problem. I don't, I don't see it as a problem, but that's definitely, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I can see why some people could see that as a problem. But I yeah, think also yeah. it's just people don't want to spend the time. I think that's yeah. my I think for me, it's more like, um, you know, like when people want to get into concept art, they're like, cool, Jan has a channel, Jose has a channel, uh, Feng has a channel, you know, who do I go to, what what lesson specifically do I start with? But then I think it's hard because a lot of the basic stuff has been lost in the mix. So, you know, I always say to people, look, Scott Robertson has two really amazing books. Mm -hmm. Um, They're really basic. That's called How to Draw and How to Render. You know, if you sat cover to cover with those for a couple of months you'll yeah. get to some very good results and then think about the cgma the feng stuff you know like that's the more advanced things even with basic 3d you know like people were like well blender's great now because it's free so yeah you can learn 3d pretty easily because the, the program is free to use so you know there's a really good insert and a lot of people even you know zbrush has changed over the years and now most recently with 2020 you know like zbrush now uh supports um monthly payments so you can now pay like 25 bucks a month you can get the full zbrush package um even though like for a thousand bucks i mean i know it's a lot of money but then for a thousand bucks you can buy zbrush forever you know you can pay that and you'll always have zbrush so you know there's there's very the tools are very good that they're very accessible i think it's like you say that every day you're awake like it is the best time to be an artist and with things like my podcast and your youtube channel you know there's just there's so many possibilities just laying out there that um there kind of is no excuses to to not do yeah great yeah I'm, I'm actually writing a uh a book um that th- i mean the mission for it is like if if you're a person that is literally just wants to start like yeah you know, give you the resources um, that in terms of like art education um, that will give you the resources. So, you know, uh, at least will help you guide you through that process. So like if you want free stuff, you know, where you can find, you know, free art resources and all that stuff. Um, um, But yeah, because there's there's so much stuff that I think people just not even know because there is so much, like even the other day, one of my friends is like, Oh, do you know about this thing called anatomy 360? And I was like, no, where you can download like 3D models, like scans of people and turn them and change the lights oh, yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, where the where the fuck is this thing? <laughs> like, like, when did this happen? Where was this a thing? Um, and then like, you know, there's there's ones that are like more for like medical students that I found the other day, but like they break down like to the bone mm-hmm. and the muscle. And it's just like, there's so much stuff out there. So I think these, like the book you're writing, um, or even Ahmed Alduria, like he done a really good, uh, YouTube video the other day and it was like the top like 10 resources for 2D artists and there was a couple of things in there I was like you know even people who don't know what Pure Ref is like I mean yeah I've, I've even talked to a couple of professional concept artists and they're like oh, I've never used Pure Ref and I'm like yep, dude yep. you need to use it like it is the thing to have in your computer and then they use it and they come back and they're like holy shit dude like where was I without this I was opening like 40 windows in Photoshop and now I have like one um, but yeah like it's crazy the amount of stuff that's out there that people don't know about it's it's, it's criminal it really is so yeah, that literally happened to me with my uh, one of my latest clients. I'm I'm still working with them, but you know, it's like it's a it's a huge company, and like and I'm like, oh, you know, I'll 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 set up all my reference and I'll send you the pure ref uh, file, and they were like, yeah. what is that? And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. so now that's that's what we're using for uh, trading files and stuff like that. Yeah, it was uh, it was Timothy Rodriguez that actually told me about it because he mm. at the time was using it for some of his paintings when he was at ILM, and uh, I was like, oh, I've never heard about it. He's like, oh yeah, all the guys at ILM use it. I was like, okay, so I started using it. I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. <laughs> even even now I'm doing three D stuff, like it's you know it's even better. But um, but yeah, like the fact the fact that the window is always on top of your monitor and you don't have to constantly and you know you can hit space and fill size things and then just flick through the images with the arrow mm-hmm. keys like just makes so but then again like it's these little programs that you know if people have been drawn the set a certain way for 20 years they're never going to really change a lot of that stuff but um but it's always interesting to see everything even what i'm using recently timely is it the, like the memory app so i've got an mm. app now that sits on my computer and it logs like how long i spend in certain programs oh, so really? like yeah like at the end of the day like it'll tell me like oh you spent like 35 minutes on youtube an hour on facebook and then it'll also be like and you also spent six hours on zbrush or, or however long so once you download any of your pc um it logs like all the programs you're using basically um What's the name of it? 
uh, timely. I'll send it to you after the interview, but uh, cool. yeah, it's a really, it's a really solid um, like program because it, it also is good for I think it's good for younger artists as well because then it shows like how long you're taking on projects so that when you break down a project and you then go to like um like a like an employer they'll be like oh you you know you know roughly how long you're taking to make things about and then yeah then you can be like oh usually i would make a character in about six hours or i'll be able to do like a sculpt in about three and yeah so then yeah so i've been using that um that basically just to to and it also is good as well because it's um it's one of those things like you know if you go on youtube for a bit too long and then you see the timer like clicking over in the corner you're like ah shit i really should get back to work (laughs) so it's um because they do like a whole like there's an integration for like whole teams where um you can like you know you can track your team or you can track certain aspects of projects and stuff like that i think essentially it was something that was built initially for like project management within like big productions so people who were like you know scheduling these things over years and years and they were making sure that everybody's time was managed in different ways so um yeah, right but then if, if you're using it for yourself it's just a good check to be like oh you know I, I spent four hours in photoshop today i probably could get that a bit faster because you know and then at five o'clock i went on youtube i really should have done that so it's 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 good for the kind of things are good i think initially because um it does keep a track but like i say it's also it also points all those flaws because if you're sitting like three hours on youtube then yeah it's gonna it's gonna start <laughs> It's gonna start poking you and be like, "Hey, dude, you know." There's even a there was a one app. I remember it was like um, you can install it in your web browser, and it blocks certain websites, so like you can't get on Facebook from like '95. Like you can't oh, get on websites. Yeah, like they're they're even worse though, because sometimes you're just like, "I just want to go on for five minutes. Just let me on." Just <laughs> it's, like, it's like, no, you're not getting on. You're not getting off. Oh, so, um, so yeah, man. There's there's a whole. I'm actually I'm, I'm planning to do that on my YouTube soon. Actually, I want to try and do a. Like a top ten, like kind of like what Ahmed had done, like you know, essential uh, artist survival tools, things that you right, need right, right. Day, we thought it'd be quite good. So that's cool. Um, yeah, man. Okay, well, I think that's that's a good place to end it on because uh, we're we're past the hour mark. But um, thank you again for coming on and talking and. Yeah, man, absolutely. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah, of course, man. Of course, I'm, I'm sure everybody's loved it. Um, if you guys have made it to this point, thank you very much for sticking about. Um, I'm sure you've learned a lot from Jose and uh, and his experiences. And, and if you've got any questions or any follow-ups, I'll leave all of his details down below. You can probably get in contact, ask some questions. Um, I'll also link to his YouTube channel where you can check out all of his tutorials and all his things that he's put up so far. Um, and of course, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. We are on YouTube, of course. We have a visual element as well. So if you want to see a lot of Jose's work and the stuff he's done at Powerhouse and other companies, um, that will be in here on the YouTube channel. Uh, but we're also on Spotify, podcast services, Google Podcasts, um, Stitcher, a lot of services around the world. So wherever you're you're finding it, um, if you want to head over to the YouTube channel and give us a sub, a like, uh, a comment, it's always handy. We usually roll these um, as live episodes and premieres, so uh, there will be chat during the episodes. People can kind of chime in and, and talk to each other and, and ask questions, and uh, we'll try and obviously get the artists always to come on and, and, and talk during the live chat as well and, and, and answer any questions during the, the interview. Um, but yeah, thanks again to, to Jose for giving his time, and thanks again for you guys for uh, for listening. Um, make sure you check out other episodes we have on the channel. We have a lot. And uh, again, if you have any questions, check out our Discord below. Um, we have a lot of Q&A back there that we do weekly with, with different students and uh, some chat over there as well. And uh, we'll speak to you guys later. Bye, guys. Bye.